0: Smith goes for the shot in the
1: back of the net. Keep your eye on goal of the day. That's got to be a contender early on. He takes a right for the shot. Oh my
0: goodness me! And you, would, as a Crawley fan, begin to believe the three points are yours. It is the best night of
2: Crawley Town!
0: Well, hello, and welcome to the eighth episode of Straight Red. I think it's fair to say this podcast is pretty packed. We're talking festive fixtures, matches coming up, transfer window analysis, broadfield buzz, and of course, we finally managed to get hold of your favourite player, Danny Ballman, for a chat.
1: Right, Jonathan, let's start with the festive fixture review. And my goodness, what a difference a week makes. So let's cast our minds back to episode seven. And it was a bit of a poor situation at the time uh, not doing too well. We were on our way to sort of six seven losses uh, and and, a pretty poor scorelines on top of those as well. Now, there's been five games since episode seven and it started the way it left off. So two losses, a loss to Newport 3-2 and a loss to Cambridge 2-1. For me, the standout point from those two games was in both of them, we were leading. And lost the game. I think that's quite significant. Leading early on as well, then went on to lose the game. Uh, the Polion double against Carlisle, great for him, great to have somebody else scoring goals when Ollie Pommer wasn't available. And significantly, that was uh, Carlisle. The previous two games we hadn't scored any goals. So just to get two on the score sheet was great. For, for Dominic, it was great as well, but ultimately a lost fixture. And then, of course, Cambridge lost 2 1 as well away there. Polion got another goal, so fantastic again for him, leading early on. But a fifth consecutive loss, so not a great start to the festive fixtures, or a great end to 2018. And it was at this point, Jonathan, we put a question out on Twitter, and we asked who's to blame for this sort of downturn in form: is it the players, is it the manager, is it the owners, or is it all of the above? Now, the players, after 79 votes, only got nine percent. Owners got 14 percent. The manager, 27 percent, fairly significant, and we I think we expected that. But um, the, the majority of the votes coming for all of the above.
0: I don't know who I would blame. I I don't think there is anyone to blame is my stance on on all of this at the moment. I think it's too early to say anything. And if anything, like we reviewed in episode seven, this is kind of where Crawley sit at this time of year in the table. And like we're probably about to go on to, um, form has changed. And it it kind of shows you how turbulent this, this kind of League Two results are
1: and, and the one thing you can keep going back to and we have, the, have a couple of times and I've seen it a lot on all, all, social, all, all social platforms is there's a lot of variables involved as well people can blame Choffy and blame, blame the manager and the owners whoever it might be but again he's inherited a squad like so many of our managers do so many players out injured and it, it, it's a bad run of form. Every single manager is going to go through a bad run of form. He's only been in the job six months. He's, he's not a, an experienced manager by any means whatsoever. He's, he's still learning his trade. Um, and then as we found out over the next three games, which we'll discuss now, things turned around absolutely and utterly. So you got away to Newport, first of all. Uh, Cissé got his debut and a nil-nil draw. Fantastic result, really, away from home. So taken four points off Newport this season after the 4-1 win at home, I think it was in October as well. Uh, Even the Newport Newport County manager, uh, Mike Flynn, said afterwards, we kept a clean sheet and there's quite a few positives. And I think we were the only team to try and win it, really. I think that's fair. You go away, you're not doing too much form. Uh, You're happy to go away with a point and a clean sheet, most definitely, after shipping a lot of goals recently. And he also said Crawley came for the counter-attack and they wanted to stop their rot, and that's what they managed to do. He's absolutely nailed it on the head. We absolutely did. And they kicked on from that, the boys in red, home to Colchester, 1-2-0 even with a McNerney red early on. This game was incredible. A red early on for Mcnerney, thirty seconds minute. And from that point, you think, oh God, here we go. And then two absolute screamers from Gav That's the best brace he'll score in his life. Fantastic one from outside the box, on the left-hand side to the bottom right. And then that wonderful, wonderful uh, free kick in the 90th minute as well. The one thing I loved about that goal that I hope wasn't missed, but I didn't see it mentioned too many times, it was Kamara that ran forward to win that free kick. And his passion when he won that free kick and saw his opposite man sent off, it was absolutely ecstatic. And that's the passion that I'd love to see through every single player. And you do see it. You see uh, Connolly Palmer when he scores. A lot of people this year, they love playing for Crawley. They love playing for the Batch. And Kamara is one of those guys. And then, of course, we moved on to Cheltenham. Second win in a row. Third clean sheet in a row. That's incredible. Obviously, with um, uh, Glenn Morrison goal, there's always an opportunity for a clean sheet, but every single player on the pitch has come, got to come together, especially the, the back three or the back four, um, t- to make that happen. Palmer, back after five games off. We'll discuss that in a second as well. Um, obviously, penalty early on after a five-game ban. Um, and... Interestingly, when we played Cheltenham away earlier in the season, it was a 1-0 win and Palmer got the goal as well. So doubling up for him and two wins on the bounce, three clean sheets, seven points out of the last nine. Not a, Is it a fantastic festive period? Would you have taken seven from 15 at the start of it? You, you probably would. Maybe not. I wouldn't have predicted it in that order, but overall a fairly good festive period. Uh, for Crawley Town, the fans, and of course Gabriel Choffi, because nobody have. When was the last time you somebody saw you saw somebody say Choffi out over the last ten days or so?
0: <laughs> yeah, it, I, I don't think I have. Um, and it was it, we were chatting about this earlier that um, <laughs> since this uh, change in form has happened, um, the Choffi out gang has kind of. Uh, gone on holiday really. It doesn't take
1: long to silence people, does it? it? It's really it's really interesting to watch and I completely get it when when a team's we was it six or seven losses in a row, it was a very poor in, in all competitions a really poor run of form. And it's going to happen. People are going to start calling for the man at the top set it's completely and utterly natural, but it's amazing how quickly a manager with, within two or three games can completely turn things around. And I think it's important to look
0: at how Crawley have played as a team in these previous two matches as well. I think should reassure fans who maybe doubt Chelsea and his style of football that he actually does know how to manage a football team because the game against um, Colchester where Crawley went down to 10 men, I wouldn't have known mm. that uh, Crawley would have been down to uh, to 10 men uh, just because of the, the way they were plugging the gaps and uh, how attackive they were going forward. And that, and that's ultimately, I guess, what got them the two goals because they, they were still mm. pressing. And moving on to the Cheltenham game as well, Crawley obviously didn't go down to 10 men in that but the the high pressure from Crawley that they showed especially in the second half well they just kept on closing down opposition players not giving them much time on the ball to think Um, and that's when you start forcing errors and allowing your defense to have moments to to sort of breathe and also I thought Glenn Morris uh, as he has been in many games this season was absolutely superb Uh, on Saturday just gone against Cheltenham Everything that sort of came into the box anywhere near him, he was coming out, pouncing onto, blocking, punching out, tipping over the bar. Uh, And then the one time that he did miss it, Mark Connolly, absolute cracker of
1: a diving header off the line. It was absolutely wonderful, wasn't it? Yeah, do you know what the one thing is? We've had a lot lot of goalkeepers over the last sort of five, six years and... There's, n- there's never been one where, even if they're through one-on-one, I'm never particularly nervous. I'm always really confident, England, that you can get the ball away or pull off something dramatic. And that's what we want to see. And that's imagine the, the confidence that gives four defenders or three defenders as well. Um, I made some quite specific notes just on the Cheltenham game, just because I knew it was going to be closest to the podcast. And there's no point making notes like five games recently because it's, it's gone and done. But um, I thought, say. After making his debut a few games ago, has really settled into that sort of right wing back role really, really well. Frankham and Cisse um, down the right. I think Lewis Young. I know he's been out injured, but where does he? come back in? Because I think they've both had a few really good games. I know he played the last 20 minutes and he slotted into that role where Cissé was in the right wing-back really, really well. But do you start him again to see ha- ahead of Cissé or Frankham in the right back? Um, I know it's just inside right or the right wing-back position. I'm not too sure. I think he's going to have a struggle or, or Gabriel choffy has got a struggle picking who he wants to play in the next couple of games.
0: That, that's great though, isn't it? Oh, the manager yeah. To have that selection issue. It's,
1: it's a wonderful worry to have. Yeah, absolutely. I thought Payne has been incredible over Christmas. I think he's an absolute boss in that midfield. He's been absolutely fantastic. And um, obviously there's been a few um, question marks over his, uh, where he's going to be playing after at the end of this transfer window. We'll come on to that very shortly. I thought Cheltenham looked better than 18th. I thought they looked absolutely not great, but they're um, equally as good as us. I know we're not only a couple of points apart now, um, but I'm I'm fairly sure they're going to be okay come the end of the season. I think Kamara, he's becoming a much better all-round player, getting a lot more starts now. And he's, he's a guy you expect to see in the starting lineup now. With uh, Oli Palmer back, will he be in there every single game? Not too sure, especially with German coming in. Um, so we'll wait and see. I like the 3-5-2. I know we've been forced into that with McNerney being sent off and, and him suspended, and, we, and we've been sort of forced into that um, situation. But I love the wing-back play. I think we're good down the wings. Um, I think with Oli Palmer back now, you can afford to play the long ball and down the wings. When we had the short guys up front, like Gambon and Grego Cox, it was absolutely pointless playing the long ball because nobody they 're a foot shorter than any of the defenders, yeah, yeah. but now you can afford to adapt and play both forms of play. i'd like to see more shots from distance, especially Kamara. The one frustration I have over the over the last couple of home games most definitely is that we we team we tend to get ourselves in a position about twenty twenty five yards out and then far too often almost every time play it into the eighteen yard box and then go for goal instead of just putting your laces behind it and having it a go um second half against Cheltenham. The opening 15 minutes, I think that's one of the best 50 minutes. No goals came from it, but one of the best 50 minutes passages of play I've seen Crawley play in a long time. In those 10, 15 minutes, we must have created almost a dozen chances, had completely chalked on the back foot. It was absolutely beautiful to watch. Uh, Young came on to replace Cissé, of course, at the right wing back. Again, I like Lewis Young. To have two players fighting for a position in Crawley, that's rare, and that's quite exciting.
0: Yeah, I just remembering as you were talking about that about how how great that initial first 15 minutes of that second half was if it wasn't for some really good last ditch sort of tackles from the Cheltenham back four I think Crawley could have probably scored by then because when they were through on goal you thought you know pull the trigger now and it's going to be a goal and it was just a a block a foot a tap away something like that and it's so frustrating
1: I think I think 1-0 really flattered Cheltenham in the end because, again, that period, we could have scored two or three. Um, equally, it could have been 1-0 because, like I say, Mark Connolly's header saved. That that was a two-point header. Uh, and if that got in, that would have been an absolute robbery. Thankfully, this season, I don't feel like Crawley have been robbed at all too many times. If at all, I can't really recall one. That would have been a robbery because I thought we were f- by far the better team. But Cheltenham most definitely looked better than 18th on the table, in my opinion. And hopefully... We can kick on from this. We've got four more games in January starting against Stevenage uh, this Saturday coming. So hopefully it's it's a tough period now. We've got three away games in the next four through January. The only home game is against Port Vale, who again, sort of in the bottom half of the table, lower than us. The other three are slightly just above us. So it's going to be a tough four games, but you'd much rather go into it with two wins rather than two wins at the start of the festive period. At least we're coming off the back of two wins and the losses are at the back of the mind now. And um, just before we finish the festive review, after the um, third game of those five, we did get a call or a a message from Craig Bratt at the club. And I think it's really still relevant, even though it was regards some uh, getting behind the team and some positive energy and positive positive messages. As Jonathan just been discussing, you do come up and down in form. It can come and go. So I think it's still a really relevant conversation to hear. And uh, Craig spoke to Jonathan.
0: Well, Craig, the form at Crawley hasn't been fantastic, but you have some words of wisdom to give us some hope that it's going to turn around, don't you?
3: Yeah, I mean, we've been in this situation before where we've been on a bad run, and it, and one result seems to always turn it around. For example, last season when we were on a bit of a bad run, we lost 4-0 at Wickham, and that sort of kick-started our season then because we, we went on to win, I think it was 11 games out of 16, which is probably some of the best form we've been in probably since we got into the Football League and I just think that as with any dip in form, you're going to get the negative fans, you're going to get a, the, the bad comments, but I think in reality you've just got to stick behind the team because it, it will change. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously working with, with the backroom staff, Gabby and Nathan, etc, you see them every day. Gabby's one of the most pass- passionate managers I, I've worked with and I've come across in my time working football and I just think you've got to back him, you've got to obviously give him January as well because it wasn't his team that he's been selecting really, it's the team that he came in to the side with Um, so yeah, give him January see what he can do and then I don't think judging a manager before he's had a chance to bring in his own players is necessarily the right thing to do. Just get behind the team because at the end of the day Without the fans, there is no football club.
0: The past five games, Crawley haven't picked up many points at all, but the, the prior five games to that, I believe they picked up 15 points from those five games, which is the maximum points that they can pick up. So it's very much that we're just in a lull, and that's, that's all we can see at the moment. But if you look at the bigger
3: picture, there's probably, bet, you know, we're, we're not actually that bad. Yeah, I mean, you look at our home form when Gabby came in. We won five in a row, and then we drew with Exeter, who at the time was second in the league and the okay, not won at home for a couple of weeks but you've seen the games like Crewe where Crewe have been dominating us that they were the better side for a majority of the game but we've scored three and they've scored none and you look at the Newport game the other day we defended so well and it's probably one of the best defensive performances I've seen from the side this season we were never really under the cosh I mean Newport had a good 5-10 minutes of pressure towards the end but I mean you could argue we were unlucky in that game, could we have a, had a penalty. But even, yeah, but just one away performance, obviously it was Gabby's first point on the road as well. It's sort of, the players, they felt more confident The morale was boosted. Is there one thing that you can put your finger on that maybe has, has caused this, this dip in form? Is it, is it morale? I think it's injuries and uh, suspensions. Obviously we've had Ollie out for five games, Phil's been out for a few, about a month. Obviously Jimmy Steam. Jimmy long term, yeah. we have had Lewis Young as well. You've got Philippe Morris as sort of the star man in midfield, Ollie's a top goal scorer. Lewis has been a regular starter here for four or five years and it, it, it's been difficult when you get sort of the main players in your sides not playing for, for whatever reason they've not been playing and you've got the youngsters sort of David Cissé came in, he had a great performance, so that's some that's some more positivity. Um, I think yeah. When you've got, when the managers had to change the side so much, it does sort of dent any hopes of progressing onwards. Progressing on a good run, yeah. So
0: finally, you mentioned it a bit earlier on that uh, Chieffy hasn't had a chance to, you know, put his players in. He's now got the January transfer window. Can you give us any sort of inside knowledge, insight of whether Crawley are looking to spend, whether that's going to be an
3: answer to to their problems as well? can't possibly comment the, um, <laughs> on the transfer um, policy in January um, obviously with anyone he's going to want to bring players in and are there funds available as, as far as I know I think if the manager wants to bring someone in if the, if the price is right I'm guessing that he'll be allowed to but no I can't, <laughs> I can't give anything away about who we're who signing do you or. think that would help, help the problems at all or is, is, it, is this something deeper that is ongoing with the current squad as well I, I just think it's, to be honest, it's luck. and We've not had a run of the mill of decisions from referees as well. It's not, it's not about the, the team, because the team we've got is more than capable of finishing in top half and more than capable of, if we really wanted to, getting close to the playoffs. And I, I don't see any reason why, if we get a good run together and we get the fans backing us, why we can't do that.
0: Well, hopefully the form improves very soon. Craig, nice to chat to you. No problem, thank you. Well, now on to the matches coming up in January. First up, we play Stevenage, then Mansfield, then Port Vale, and then finally finish off the month with Swindon. So just kind of in the league table perspective, that's 11th, 4th, 19th, and then 12th. Although, like you said, you're in a second ago to me... um, so we we could well be above Swindon by the time we play them because they're only currently three points above us in the table.
1: Yeah, fingers crossed. I mean, anything can happen. And the one big thing that everybody's going through, not just us, is the transfer window. So a lot of, a lot of squads are going to change. Uh, I think Mansfield are always going to be up there in fourth at the moment. That's going to be a tough away And That's the rearranged fixture, the one that was called off previously. Um, we all, we've historically done okay at Swindon. I think the FA Cup game where Ben Smith scored a couple in uh, the, the coldest night of my life. That's a great memory. Um, Again, Stevenage away, Mansfield away, Swindon away. Three away games in four. It's going to be a tough ask. Especially t- given the form and, and the whole kind of stigma around, oh, can, can, can Crawley win away from home? Exactly. I mean, we've got one point at Newport away and six previous losses away from home. We've still won a game for months away from home. So we've got three opportunities. You'd say, if you had a toss of coin, you'd say you're going to win one of those. Let's hopefully we win the home game. If we can get six from 12, I think that would be a fairly... Fairly comfortable January, because that would be nine from 15 in January, three wins out of five. I think most fans would take that, especially with three away games. Remember this time last Christmas, we won seven games out of eight or something. We went on a ridiculous run. If you do that again, all of a sudden you're in the top ten. All of a sudden, Crawley can do something quite exciting. But uh, four games to come in January, it's going to be tough. Three away from home, uh, fingers crossed. Come on, you Reds. Six points out of 12. What do you think, Jonathan? What yes. would you be satisfied well, with? If,
0: if only we could talk our way up the table as easily as <laughs> you've just you've just done it. You've made it sound very easy. Um, well, you say six. I'm going to say eight points eight from
1: the points twelve. Eight Unbeaten Optimistic. over Christmas. Optimistic. L- over with the next four, blimey. Uh, fingers crossed. Let's have a look. What Sergio has to say. Yeah, Jonathan, this is Sergio says. So let's have a quick look back at his fixtures or um, predictions for the last few games over Christmas. Now, our first game, he predicted 1-1 at home to Carlisle. That was a 3-2 loss, of course. He predicted a 1-0 win away at Cambridge, we lost that one, so he's not doing too well. He predicted a two-one loss away at Newport County. That's where we got our first point. Then he had two-two draw and three-one win to end. So we predicted uh, eight points over Christmas. We in fact got seven. So he's not—he's not—he got no scores right, but he's not done too bad. For the next four games coming up, Jonathan, I'll be perfectly honest—he hasn't replied to my messages today. No, oh, no. I've WhatsApped, I've texted him, so I'm waiting. So hopefully we'll get some live. Live predictions during the podcast and we'll catch up in added times. But for now, let's move on to the transfer window. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, so we're only going to discuss this maybe twice a year in podcasts, but January is one of those. So let's have a look at the transfer window. At the moment, let's have a look at the confirmed information we know. Ricky German from Hendon, three-year contract, 19-year-old. He's netted 28 times in 21 games for Southern League Club Hendon so far this season. That is absolutely insane. I know it's lower league. People say it's lower league. Can he do it at League 2? Regardless, 28 goals in 21 games. That is absolutely phenomenal. Phenomenal. That's a word. Uh, Again, three-year contract, uh, previously on the books at Chesterfield, but failed to score in 12 for the Spirits. Director Salim Gagas says he's quick with a natural eye for goal. Thoughts on Ricky German?
0: Yeah, I'm excited. Um, Yes, I am probably in the camp of supporters that is slightly concerned that he's coming from non-league football. I mean, yeah, he has had experience with league football before and sort of has dipped into non-league and then back out again into Crawley and he has by the looks of it worked undoubtedly like so so hard to get back to where he is at the moment but there is a part of me that's kind of like well shouldn't be we be looking at players that have established themselves with a couple of years football in 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 the league yep. bringing them here but then l- like we've discussed as well before you and this is typical Crawley, really, isn't it? Finding sort of hit hidden gems who we think are nobodies and then, you know, give them six months, a year's time, and, you know, six clubs are trying to bid for them.
1: And he's a, he's a teammate or former teammate of Ashley Nathaniel George as well, who's absolutely done wonders since coming from Hendon. So hopefully Ricky can do the same. Uh, question for you partner for Ollie Palmer or replacement for Ollie Palmer? Ooh.
0: Well, some people think Ollie Palmer's going to go. So. If he does go, then he'll be a replacement. I don't think uh, he will replace. I think he's. I haven't seen him play, but I would imagine from the things I've read that he would probably be a replacement for Polian in the team, So or Kamara, so he would sit alongside
1: um, Ollie Palmer. It's been a long time since Crawley had a striking partnership up front. We've had, we've had individuals uh, like we've got now with Oli Palmer. We've had James Collins, uh, Arzel McLeod before that. And you, you've got to go right back to sort of Tyrone Barnett and Matt Tubbs before, since we had a, an absolute partnership up top. Um, so that could be really exciting. Hopefully he's a, he's a partner for Ollie Palmer. Again, we'll come on to Ollie in a second. But um, good luck, Ricky. We're very much looking forward to uh, watching him play some football for the Reds coming up very shortly in January. Uh, Another confirmed Maguire loan extended. So uh, it was only until January that's been extended till the end of the season. So he's featured 20 times already for the Reds scoring once. It's arriving from Fleetwood Town in August. That's extended. So that's another really positive signing as well to the end of the season. Just announced today, Tom Dallison, the defender. Um, Do you recognise the name Tom Dallison? Yes, he uh, just made played me. one game. The not <laughs> he in? did. He played one game and broke his toe in a one-one draw against Plymouth. So he has played for Crawley before, just one, just one outing. So he is back now on a permanent spell again in February 16 that was and he's played at the stadium quite a few times because he's played for Brighton under 23 so he knows the stadium and the club fairly well and hopefully he can fit in because I think in defense it's it's one area where I wouldn't say we were lacking but when Bonds and Gala came in he was fantastic I thought for the first couple of games sort of faded away a little bit and then have you got a four you can absolutely rely on maybe yes but if one gets injured then you're struggling like we are at the moment without McNerney We're back to three at the back, which now with an extra defender, hopefully we can um, prevent that and play the the standard 4-4-2 if, of course, that's what Gabby wants to play. The next confirmation, um, Tarin Alakaria, uh, nine appearances and four starts only for Crawley this season. He's joined Wieldstone on a 28-day loan. I wouldn't be upset to see him go out to Wieldstone for the rest of the season. He, He... he needs games, of course he does. Uh, they're currently 12th in the Conference South, Wilton, But uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see that extended to the end of the season because unless he goes there and does absolutely incredible, and again, it's only Conference South, I still don't think he can come back and get into the team unless there's an absolute flurry of injuries. So they're the confirmed ones. Um the rumour mill, Jonathan, the rumour mill. It keeps on churning. It does. So um, the, the most important one, I think, to notice, first of all, is Olly Palmer. Now, this is from... I'm going to I'm going to quote where all of these come from okay so we've seen interest from Colchester Forest Green and Bradford but this is from what I'm going to call it a, a fake EFL twitter okay and th- there's no official confirmation from any of these three clubs but it doesn't surprise me whatsoever I'd I'd be gutted to see him go to another league 2 club I think he's done well enough to to justify interest from a league 1 club or or not championship but league 1 most definitely but uh, hopefully like we say with 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 Ricky coming in we need a strike-pairing partnership with the rest of the season and we could find ourselves jumping up the table.
0: And we need some kind of stability as well. It's quite a shame to see these players who have come here, spent some time to get to know the squad, get to know the style of the manager, then just end up leaving just because either... Well, I don't know. Is it because Crawley can't afford to keep them or is it because because they're attracted by bigger teams?
1: um, The reason is, what it comes down to, is Crawley, again, have got 2,000 fans. That doesn't pay the bills. Crawley is a selling club to break even. So if we bring a player in on a free, like we have done with with Collins and with Palmer, and we can then sell them a year later or six or 18 months later for 250 grand, you've got to let them go. Even though that might uh, sort of hinder the performance on the pitch... D- yes, I think so, because again, you've still got to pay the bills. If you keep him and you don't sell him and then he falls out of form and all of a sudden we're still 18th on the table, you look back and say in hindsight, well, we could have guaranteed ourselves 250 grand. That's gone now. If he goes out of form, it, it's always going to be a gamble but Crawley are a selling club. Uh, that's what we are. That's what we do. We've done it very successfully in the past. We've got a history of selling good on players. Go back right back to sort of Pan and Matt Tubbs and Tyrone Barnett going to Peterborough, etc., etc. Um, we've always done very well. And I think Salim is doing very, very well. He's signing some good players on free transfers and selling them on. That's what we have to do. Unfortunately, it's just the way it is. Quick question. Mm-hmm.
0: Should And I think we'll probably touch a bit about this in a second, but should we be looking to the owner... And saying, that if you want to be, supposed a championship in, what, seven seasons or mm-hmm. eight seasons now, you need to put some more money behind us.
1: I think everybody knows that is lip service. Crawley are not going to be in the championship in seven years. It's, it, it's fact. If we can get back to League One, maybe top half of League Two, I think we're maybe punching above our weight. Again, everything comes back to crowd numbers and your finance. You can only you can only pay the players that you can afford. Um so I think yes, you've got to sell players to, to to bring in new fresher, younger ones. I think I can't see if it, I can't see us ever really been out of League Two. I quite enjoy being in League Two. It's quite a competitive, interesting league. Anybody can beat anybody at any time. It's an interesting league to be in. I'd love to I'd love to be fighting for a playoff place. So everybody wants a day out at Wembley. That would be wonderful. If we got into League One, fantastic. But I think we'd be there for about two years maximum before we came back down again. And would you rather have us fighting for the playoffs, having interesting games? Do you want a season in League One where you're doing really badly in the relegation zone all season? Yeah, it may be worth it for that great promotion, but I think we'll find ourselves back down here again. Unless something massively changes. Let, let's, let's get it straight. There's been very little investment on the pitch. I think in the background, structural wise and behind the scenes, there has been. But have you seen millions of pounds spent on the pitch? Absolutely not. That's what you need to get to the championship. What you need to get to the championship is those exciting players moving up the table to get back to those gates of three, four, five thousand. That's when you start making that progress. We've made, I don't think we've made any progress since the owners came in. Was it almost three years ago now? I don't think we've made any any progress at all. We're still in exactly the same position.
0: So, do you think it's a case of? we need to have more people through the gates before we can start to spend more on the pitch? Or do we spend more on the pitch and then expect more people through the gates?
1: Uh, I think, you know what, it's like a catch-22, isn't it? Um, it? It's always going to be that way. Uh, yes, most definitely. If you get a few runs and wins together, I think the last two games with the with the fans coming in on the two for £10, that's, that couldn't have worked any better because they've seen two wins, two exciting games, two games where Crawley have played really, really well. And, I mean, let's say, what we, we, we were like, 2,400 for those two games Crawley fans so that's, ne- that's an extra 500 that we were having before Christmas if you can retain half of those so let's say we can up our gates by 250 for the rest of the season that's, that's a player or two's wages
0: and then New Year's Day was our record for the season 2,700 and something yeah I
1: think, I think there, there was like 3 or 400 away though so I think for Crawley fans in the stadium yes, yeah. I think both games were, were pretty identical and you can imagine that because if you buy a ticket you got for both games so that makes sense um, but, yeah, most definitely more fans in the stadium. How, how do you do that? Playing better football. How do you afford better players? Getting more people in the stadium. That's not, a, that's not an answer for me. That's an answer for the marketing team at Crawley and the commercial team there. Um, hopefully they've got some answers and we, and we can do that. But, again, coming back to the start of this, championship, don't be silly. League One, that would be incredible. Um, but, again, three years, I haven't seen any progress on the pitch. Um, uh, have you?
0: No, I mean, we're pretty much still sitting around the uh, mid to mid-bottom of, yeah. of, of League Two and it's slightly yeah. frustrating, if I, if I can say this. I, I think it's frustrating to see players come and go. I understand that this, this is the kind of club Crawley is and we're kind of in a catch-22 situation uh, where we need more people through the gates in order to spend more on the, on the players on the pitch. But I would still love to ask um, the big old owner of, of Crawley Town... Old Tire... Give us more money. Why, why can't you give us more money? Exactly. Uh, we're,
1: we're, we will come on to Zaya later. We've got a little topic about Zaya later on. So let's get, let's get back to where we were for now. But um, again, to, just to summarize that little uh, that tangent there, what we need is a fantastic run of wins to get people in the gate to accelerate our progress that way, get more fans in. And then you need Crawley to be a club that other players want to come to because at the moment it's a sideways stepping stone or even a stepping stone down. For the non-league players from Hendon, yes, it's a step up. For most players, they're on their way out of the career or just a sideways. We want to be a club where people think, oh my God, yeah, I want to go and play for Crawley. We're not that at the moment, but fingers crossed with with a good run, we can slowly become that. But let's get back to the transfer window. We'll fly through these few because those were the confirmed ones, uh, the speculative ones we've seen Ollie Palmer, Uh, Danny Rose midfielder, formerly of Pompey he is through various sources set to join the Reds and by the time this goes out I wouldn't be surprised if he's joined so this is a little bit in the past so we'll skip past that one the interesting ones for me were um, Reese Grego Cox, Cork City in talks with Crawley and that's from the League of Ireland official Twitter account uh, would you be disappointed to see Reese Gregor Cox go if we got a fee for him? I don't... I don't no, I,
0: I don't think so. In the nicest way to Reese. I mean, he's served the club well. Um, but I don't think he, at the moment, is a player that Crawley really rely on. So if we got a fee for him, yeah, uh, you know, it's a positive, I suppose, in terms of, of getting some money in. I would be sad to see him go like any Crawley player because they have played for the club, but wouldn't be as sad as seeing some other quality Absolutely. players.
1: Absolutely, yeah. And then the final one, um, hopefully this is, this is uh, incorrect. Cheltenham Town and Port Vale, both interested in Josh Payne. Fingers crossed no, because like I said before, I think he's been an absolute boss over the festival. He's been absolutely fantastic, I think. Um, but then again, that came from a source, the Crawley Observer, who I refuse to go on their website because you have to read about 18... Add, 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 add You add, have add. to read 18 adverts before you get to read the headline of the story. So I, 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 I would not, I refuse to click on the link, but uh, that was the headline anyway. And, and finally, finally, actually, there's one more after this. <laughs> there's always another finally. One thing that amazes me, and I'm... Don't get me wrong. I'm absolutely delighted and glad there hasn't been. Why no interest in Glenn Morris? He's the best goalkeeper outside the Premier League. Why why is nobody? Why isn't he at the top of the people's Christmas list? I'm glad he's not. So am
0: I. But yeah, I see what you're saying. He's absolutely. I wouldn't wouldn't sell him for half a
1: million. I think he he's been worth 15 points a season at least for the last two and a half years. He's absolutely incredible. Um, And the last one. This is breaking news. This has just come in since we've been doing the podcast. Crawley Town apparently, from EFL Hub. Again, it's another unofficial one, so take it with a pinch of salt. Received a bid from an unnamed League One club for fullback Josh Doherty, the uh, ex-Irishman, Ireland under-21, has been in fine form for the club this season. He has... Is he a League One player? Don't think so. But uh, hopefully we can give hold of him because I think he's done fantastically well, as as the post there said. But um, that is the summary for the transfer news. Again, when this podcast comes out, it might be completely out of date. We'll wait and see. (laughs) So, Jonathan, by popular demand, we asked the listeners, of course, you guys out there, uh, who you wanted us to speak to on the podcast, a player of your choice, and a lot of you came back with Danny Borman. And so we pulled the strings out, spoke to the club, and we sat down with Danny, or Jonathan did previously, and this is their chat, including your questions.
0: Well, Danny, happy new year, and thanks so much for joining us on the Straight Red podcast. It's fantastic to have you along. I have to say, before we begin... The listeners of the Straight Red podcast. Mm -hmm. You were the most requested guest to get on the podcast. Ah, That's not bad, is it? At least someone wants me. So you first joined Crawley in two thousand and six. Yep. In the Conference National, initially on loan. If I can transport you back to that moment, very briefly, can you remember what your first feelings or impressions of the club were? Uh, Not great, to be honest. But like the, the. The buzz around the place was good. The fans,
2: you know, the people around here. But you know, I came here when it was. Well, I think we started with minus fifteen points. I think so. It was. It was a very much a, we're in it together attitude, and we, we're we're going to get out of it, and we did. And it was just it was a joy to come in. You know, I was at Stevenage at the time and fell out love of love with football. The manager was never me, so I came here and just just enjoyed it. And 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 we stayed up, stayed up,
0: and the, uh, the rest is history, as they say. So, from 2006 when you first joined to current day 2019, mm. how has the club changed, in your perspective, since those non-league days? Yeah, it's obviously got more professional. Um, uh, yeah, if you look around the
2: place, it's, it's updated quite a bit. You know, the stand opposite weren't there before. And,
0: um yeah, it's obviously... A, a, Anything in the sort of uh, feeling of the club or the team that's changed? Uh, obviously the team's changed, you know. I've played with
2: pretty much everyone that's yeah, been, yeah. been in the red shirt. So, um, yeah, I ju- I ju- it's, it's, it's sort of like a... Because uh, we were successful, you know, many, many, many years and sort of like the fans are sort of, they're sort of used to it. So, um, yeah, so like, you know, as we're not on a great run at the moment
0: fans are maybe getting a bit agitated, as it were, because they're used to winning things. So after your first stint, you went to Oxford United. Then you came back again, and mm-hmm. after that second stint, you went to AFC Wimbledon. Was that move to AFC Wimbledon was that particularly difficult, considering the, the rivalry between Crawley and, and Wimbledon? Uh, no, I, I didn't really sense that rivalry as much. You know, they called them
2: plastics, as it as, <laughs> as it were, sort of thing. But I uh, know for me, it was it was. Again, it was the manager at the time, he come to me and said, I don't think you're going to be playing that much. You know, every manager, I think, said that to me every time I've got a contract. So, sort of negotiations, and, he's, and you know, we need to chop your wages in half sort of thing. I was like, OK, well, I'm not going to be playing. I'm going to be on half the money. I'm going to have to see what else is out there. And that happened, and, you know... I was successful at Wimbledon, got enough promotion, so yeah, I was ha- happy with the move, but weren't really happy to, to, to leave Crawley as it were
0: So I, I guess something pulled you back because you came back for a third time
2: Yeah, I think
0: um,
2: the, uh, I got told early that I was uh, sort of not being um, signed on again at uh, FC Wimbledon, so uh, um, one of my goalkeeper coaches knew um a coach here, and I was speaking to them before, before the, uh, the the sort of the end of the year sort of thing, and they were, they were um, interested, but they got the sacks, <laughs> and then I had to start again. So, uh, yeah, then I and, and Celine got in, in touch with me and went from there basically.
0: So for this next little bit, if you just think solely of your time in Crawley, because obviously you played many different clubs, but just for your time in Crawley, sure. for each of the following things that I say, if you tell me the first. Person or the first thing that comes into your mind and why? Okay, mm-hmm. so the biggest joker, John Dempster. Do you remember
2: him? Yes, yeah, yeah. Ah, oh, funniest, funniest bloke I've ever met in my life. As in, was he joke, practical every, jokes, every, everything? Everything. He could, he, he looked like a drug teacher, dressed like a drug teacher, <laughs> but he could make you laugh with just, just.
0: Just by being there, he was he was infectious. Yeah, he was he was he's out there. How about the most influential person for you? Influential. Influential. Hmm. Um, it influ- oh,
2: yeah. would be, be hard to sort of step away from maybe Steve Irons, Steve Evans. Yeah, Steve Evans, sorry, because. You know, he got success, you know. Did you really, sort of, his managerial tactics really clicked with you, sort mm. of thing? No, not really. He was <laughs> <laughs> really uh, a tactical manager he was just like, run, uh, run, 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 which I can do. So I was uh, well happy with that. But um, no, he, he, when, when he, basically, when I, when, when he first signed as manager, he inherited me, as it were, and he wasn't having me one bit. He thought I was unfit. I was like, are you wanting me out yeah. a lot of run around rings like everyone that's when I was obviously 10 years younger than I am now so so
0: yeah I had to, I had to earn my strike with him which was pretty rare so the next one is the biggest talent you, you can say yourself if you want to but <laughs> okay, so I've got no talent
2: um, biggest talent uh, I don't know a few. Uh, I hope Hackman was good uh, yes, yeah, Tubby Tyrone. There's like so many good players: Comber, um Gwyn Edwards, Joe Walsh, I suppose as Joe well. Joe Walsh, fantastic. Yeah, it's it's, it's it's been a few. It, like we've it, we've seemed to get get hold of a you know, good good bunch of players. Uh, the best leader, best leader, it was the um, captains when I was here. Was where Josh Simpson. Oh, Ben Judge, what, what a leader he was. What a great guy. Uh, Pablo Mills didn't really get on with him, but he, he 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 sort of... Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that one. OK, that's
0: all right. <laughs> and finally, your most memorable moment of your three cents at Crawley.
3: Um,
2: I would have to say Tramia away when we got promoted. OK, um, yeah, yeah. Just because... It was a right laugh on the way back on the coach. Basically, it was just you know we absolutely romped the league,
0: took the piss really. But and uh, so so you say those are better yeah. than those long FA Cup runs? Uh, yes,
2: yeah, I've done them loads of times. Yeah, I mean? yeah, I've been in yeah, semi-finals. semifinals, semifinals yeah. This is this is ch- child's play. <laughs> man, I mean, so uh, no, no, that, that that that's that's the thing with the FA Cup. It's uh you know mm. a flip of the, It's one game, isn't it? Mm. Over a season, it's. Yeah, you've really built up. Yeah, sort of forty-eight. Um, wow, oh, Jesus, we lost about two games. I think that season, which is got the most points tally, and yeah, and it's, I don't think i will ever be broken. So that's that's
0: up there. So I think it's fair to say you've experienced quite uh, a few glorious moments in a Crawley shirt, but the current form, which you alluded to earlier, mm. isn't great. Yep. Um, is there? Can you can you put your finger on something that might be causing that?
2: No, it's. Just, I think you just you get you know, winning is a habit, losing is a habit and we've sort of sort of gone away from what we're good at you know, I think if you look back maybe two months ago we were playing with freedom, playing with confidence we were passing it, we was really really playing well you know, and and you could see that on the pitch and something's happened and, you know, lost key players and yeah, maybe we've just stopped doing the basics well, right, and uh that's what we've been working on over the last couple of weeks. Obviously, got a good draw away at uh, Newport, which is yes, a yeah. horrible, horrible place to go. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, not as horrible as Macclesfield because of the weather, but... Yes,
0: yeah, that rain was something.
2: Yes, so, yeah, uh, we we just spoke about getting back to basics
0: and you know, growing our way out of it, and, and, and our form will, will come, you know. So, I can imagine you probably want to remain professional with this next question, but if you can try and answer it honestly... The current crawley team you're playing in, mm-hmm. how does it rank against all of the other crawley teams that you've played in? Uh yeah, difficult one. Uh there's
2: some good players. You know, we've got uh Ollie Palmer, um Dominic Garline, you know, we've got Josh, Josh Payne, we've got all these other good players, yeah. But uh yeah, when uh, I think the be- the best I think the best squad I had was the uh the double promotion. Yeah. Yeah. Not only, we weren't technically great, but there was a team there, and yeah, I, I refer it back to like the, uh, the you know the the, uh, the crazy game because every time we came into training, something happened. You know, it was it was full of jokers, full of characters, and we were we were very much in it together, and obviously winning helped that. And uh, yeah, we we went onto the pitch and no one could beat us because we were we
0: were very much a team and very much in it together. So you celebrate your fortieth birthday later this month, Correct. and I'm sure I don't need to remind you, but you are currently the oldest player currently playing in England's top four divisions. Mm-hmm. Kevin Ellison, literally a month younger than mm-hmm. you, is this something that motivates you to keep on playing? No, not really. I think it's the uh,
2: the ex-wife though. <laughs> <laughs> Wants to play the maintenance, but no. Uh, no, it's just, it's the best job in the world, and I want to carry on doing it until until someone says, you're useless, get out of my changing room, basically.
0: Well, I have to say that uh, we had Sergio Torres, um, obviously yeah. you know him well, on the podcast last year now, mm-hmm. uh, and he did say that he admired your longevity in the game, so I think it is something to still be proud of, although it may not motivate you. It's. Uh, it's yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not
2: very sentimental when it comes to it. <laughs> football and stuff like that, you know, I don't have many shirts, I don't have many programs, oh, I have loads of programs, but that was, that was my dad who collected them, but um, yeah, I don't have many shirts and, and you know, maybe one day when I'm older I'll look back on it and, but
0: no time for sentiment right I, now. I guess more on a serious note maybe, how is your body coping with professional football at this age? That's yeah, fine, it's, I, I, I
2: don't know what it is, you know, people think I'm a freak of nature, you know, just because... I can I can still run I can still recover well I can, and but I think I think the most important thing is having that sort of desire to to carry on because when you get to my age you're, you're bored of it uh, but I'm not bored of it yet so you
0: know I still want to carry on and dare I even go here but do you think that you're going to retire here at Crawley or is there still more that you want to achieve in your football playing career? Um... I still want to play football. That's that's the end and the end. Whether that's at Crawley or somewhere yeah, else, yeah. And
2: you know, if that if that comes to hand here, end here, then and maybe I might have to look somewhere
0: else. But hopefully not. And for want of, I guess, finishing this on a bit more of a positive note, away from retirement, <laughs> have you got anything special planned to celebrate your fortieth birthday?
2: Um, well, I've got oh, Go out. Go out with the boys, obviously with boysies having a Sunday session, but no, uh, yeah, I don't like birthdays. Don't like <laughs> no, not. I don't like being centre of attention. Right, yes. Unless yeah. Unless uh, uh, I uh, am <laughs> pissed. Yes, um, but no, I don't. I, I don't. My, my 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 missus turned forty uh, last last year, so um, we had a big one for that.
0: So I'm got any money left for my one. <laughs> So, very finally now, that, that's all my sort of questions. The fans, the the, the people who listen to this podcast have, have offered a few up oh, as well. Oh, wicked. Brilliant. So, from Facebook, Stephen North has asked, what is your funniest prank that you and David Hunt have pulled together in your time? That's presuming you and David Hunt have pulled a few pranks.
2: Uh, yeah, but yeah, we had a, a, a bit of a crazy car school.
0: But, um, but Alan, Alan, Alan Shearer, Scott Shearer as well. Um, I'm trying
2: to think, craziest... there was. I don't think they was crazy. Or well, the funniest, even. Uh, I don't know. If they, are they let, will let go out? Is it censored at all? Uh, we we can censor it. Um, okay. Some I'm not saying who. Do you remember a player called Richard Brodie? Yes. Uh, Walked in like, the Winter Wonderland. That's the fantasy thing. Yeah. He was he was very lively. Loved in pieces. Everyone did, but he was you, you know, know he needed to be taken down a peg or two. And some of um, the. Um, I don't know how to put this. Uh, um, <laughs> they defecated in a, um, a plastic bag and put it under his car seat so he couldn't find it for about two months.
0: Wow. So, yeah. The smell must have been something. Yeah, yeah it, was, it that was. that was up there, yeah. So, also from Facebook, Beth Humphrey, if you could have a superpower, what would it be?
2: Um, super?
0: Um, turn back time there you go interesting so from Twitter now Sam Cook he thinks you're a CTFC legend by the way who was your favourite cordy player to play with not necessarily best but your favourite um,
2: uh, Ben Smith was up there to be honest um, he went under the radar a bit but technically he was magnificent David Hunt was good um I really like job, uh, Scott Nielsen. He just told me made me laugh, and John Dempster. Anytime he was on the pitch, is it's always a great laugh. And Tyrone and Topsy. Because you your job's easy then, but yeah, there's
0: there's I think there's too many to. And, and finally, now also from Twitter, Peter Bellamy fans often talk about you coaching when you retire. Is coaching or management something that you're going to be looking to do when you hang up your boots? He says in ten years' time. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. I don't. I, I don't I don't think management is on my
2: uh, my schedule just yet. I want to cut my teeth, maybe coaching. I'd like to coach because, you know, I've been with a few managers that I've thought to myself, well, I can't do any worse than that. So, you know, uh, yeah, I've got the experience from a lot of leagues. So hopefully I can
0: transform that into into some sort of coaching role, as, as it were. Well, thanks so much, Danny, for speaking to us on Straight Red. It's been an absolute pleasure to to hear a bit more about you and uh, all the best for the the coming season and hopefully the the form of Crawley turns around. I'm I'm pretty sure it will. Beautiful.
1: So, Jonathan, some interesting topics of conversation. Very, really, for me, the two points that stick out are didn't get on with Pablo Mills. That's the real, because he was a real leader, Pablo, and they were in that team together for years and years and years and uh, played, they were... Sort of stalwarts throughout that team, and um, I never thought I'd say this, but poo in a bag. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I'll make sure to uh, next time I chat to anyone, ask them whether they got
1: on with Pablo Mills and have they pooed in a bag. <laughs> so, yeah, who did the poo? Uh, let's move on and uh, let's move on to our penultimate section. This is what's going on around the club, not on the pitch, it's Broadfield Buzz. So,
0: Ewan, do you have uh, anything like the uh, bumper episode or Brawl Buzz that you had for us last time?
1: No, because it's has not been too long since the last episode, so I'm going to fly through these because I'm very, very aware that this episode is it on a little bit. So let's fly through these. Just quickly, I was having a pee in the uh, terrace toilets the other day at the last Cheltenham game, and I noticed a poster on the wall. It was Red's Rollover. So it's £5 pounds a month that you enter. Um, as a, You can go on the ctfcsa.co.uk website. You enter £5 pounds a month, and you could win. It's like a lottery. You win 30% share for first price, 50% share for second price, and the rest of the money obviously goes to the club. So a good little money raiser there. I saw on Twitter, have you seen the Crawley Town Brazil Twitter account?
0: Yes, this is incredible. I spoke to someone about this at the ground the other, the yep. other day, and they thought you created the Twitter account.
1: Uh, what? No, I, I can absolutely say I did not. It's at Crawley Town BR. Now, when I saw it, I was really excited because they followed us, and, and I was having a quick look. And everything is in Brazilian, so it's like a Brazilian fan base. However, if you look at who they follow and who follows them, they've done it for every single team in League Two. So we're not special. They're they're doing it for everyone. So have a look if you want to. But I was really excited, then equally disappointed afterwards. Well, I guess it's providing a
0: service to Brazilian people.
1: Of course it is, yes. We've got a big Brazilian fan base, have we? I have no idea. (laughs) It might grow shortly. I love this bit. Kelly Derham, um, operations director at Crawley, she has been... Um, listed in the 100 most inspirational people in Sussex and Etc magazine. I am so happy for Kelly. I've worked with Kelly for several years when I was there. Um, and she's a fantastic woman, a fantastic head of uh, Crawley in the office. She's wonderful. And I, I'm so proud of her, happy for her. And from what I saw on social, everybody else is happy as well because she is so approachable on match day. Always walking around in the car park, speaking to people, willing to talk to anybody. Um, she, we, we need more people like her in football.
0: I'm very influential in terms of the club strategy and, and, and shaping the yeah. football club, really, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. I have no doubt how much influence she has over that club as well. So, uh, well done, Kelly. Now, have you seen that they tend to only be promoted on games that we've won, but the behind-the-scenes videos that they show on the club website? It's by a young chap called Charlie Palethorpe. So he does videos on the website. If you haven't been on the website recently, whenever we win a game, at home at least, have a little look. There's a really nice behind-the-scenes video in the changing rooms, in the tunnel. Not necessarily much match action, but it's a, just a nice coverage of match days. Really, really worth a watch. One thing I like at the moment the club are doing... It looks like it's intentional. The last three programme covers, instead of having players on, they've been completely different. So the one had People's Pension on when they took over the stadium sponsorship. We had a festive issue where Gabby was with three young children. And then Harry Scallon, nine-year-old, he did a drawing for the last programme. Cracking drawing. I really like this. I really like this theme because programmes can become a bit boring on the front cover, just player, player, player. So I think what the club are doing there is really, really good. Um, Harry Maynard, uh, he posted something recently and I really picked up on that. It's really, really cool. Um, A couple of stats. In League Two, we're currently doing okay. Most successful dribbles in League Two. Did you see this? Yes. So and the, the, win, uh, the winner, Danny Meyer of Berry, he's on 136 dribbles this season. That's incredible. Second place is 65, Dan Gardner. But in fourth place, Ashley Nathaniel George, 61 dribbles. Fourth place out of every single player in League Two this season. That's that's a brilliant start. I absolutely love that. So that was from Harry. <laughs> And another great stat I saw was from Statsbomb. And like you've just mentioned, most nutmegs in League Two this season. Giovanni Brain of Cambridge is leading with eight, but in equal fourth place, Paduce Camara of Crawley.
0: <laughs> I have seen a few cheeky nutmegs go through, but could you imagine being the stats person who counts all of these stats?
1: Oh, what a life they I, live. I, I
0: would love to know how all of this happened. What a life
1: happens. they live. I don't envy that whatsoever but again for us it's interesting for a few seconds but the the time it takes for them to put in must be incredible And um, just two last things. Have you seen... This is really interesting. I know the the Crawley Cogs do this. Uh, Her ladyship, Carol Bates, and her club. So grassroots teams from across the country can now sign up to compete in the FA People's Cup for 2019. I don't know. There's there's 15 categories. Anybody can get involved in this if you've got a football team. So they've got adult female, uh, adult male, adult disability male and female, university male and female, veterans, college, walking absolutely everything so everybody can get involved in the fa people cup this year and it is it's a, it's an fa cup for the people uh the, the finals at st george's park so get on the fa cup website if you've got a team and get involved in that um, and of course, the Cogs are one team that do enter that every single year and they do very well. I mean, I love what Carol and the Cogs do. They're always in the news and you can't turn on the TV nowadays without seeing Carol Bates somewhere, can you? Um, <laughs> so if you want to get involved in the Cogs this year, if, if you're listening and you're, you're a female over 30 or if you've got a wife or a partner, female over 30, just log on to crawley-cogs at co.uk for more information. And finally, in Broadfield Buzz, we did put out a question. I think I must have put it out at like um, 11 o'clock at night or four in the morning, because we only got one reply, Jonathan. <laughs> but uh, we, we put out anything you want us to, to discuss in this uh, episode. And the reply, though, was really good. It was from Stephen North. And he said, Can you discuss the chairman's recent absence from games? We can. Is he losing interest? And I think it's very much worth, just briefly, uh, picking, up, picking up on. Because... I, I tried to think back, when was the last time I saw him? Because we go to a, every home game and, and not too many away games. But I go to every home game and you do often see him because he's usually got like an entourage. You often
0: see the helicopter sort of flying in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well he's got a little
1: entourage of three or four. He's always around and about. Um, so I got in touch with the club and I just asked, oh, by the way, when, when was the last time he was at a game? And it was the 9th of October versus Portsmouth in the Checker Trade Trophy, which we lost 1-0. And he left early. Now, it, it's a point to raise... Is, is it relevant? Does he need to be at all the games? If he's paying the, the wages, and I don't know how much money he's putting in, he's probably, it, probably near somewhere like a million pounds a year just to run a football club. So he's putting money in. Is it relevant that he is at every game or not? I
0: think it is a good thing because it shows that he is passionate and interested in it. But like you say, it's kind of a business project maybe for him. I mean, not a profitable business project because any football club generally loses you money unless you're Manchester United. But there are people who are going to, you know, like the the Leicester City chairman, uh, there's people like him who are going to, you know, love the club and want to stick around and be best mates with all the players. And then there's maybe people uh, like with Crawley who maybe just want to invest in the club and, and continue with their other business adventures elsewhere.
1: Now, the, the, the worrying thing to look at, if you if you sort of delve into a few more stats and things, his other club, Zayarin, um I'm going to try and pronounce it, Kayseri Ekisipur, um, in, the, in the second tier of the Turkish League between 2007 and 2013, so fairly well. They then became champions in 2013 of the second tier, so they were in the top tier of Turkish football. They then got relegated four times in a row and ahead of the start of the 2018 season, um, actually withdrew from the Turkish Amateur League. No longer even exists the club. That's quite a, a scary thing to look I don't I can't see that ever happening with Crawley, because somebody will always take over. But, I mean, I, w- some of the things I tried to look at, they were they were written in Turkish, so I couldn't do <laughs> And my Turkish is a bit rusty. So I tried to um, look up a bit more information. Now, this club, KC e- 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 Exipor, I don't know how to say it, they... They've done fairly well recently. 2005-06, they lost to Besiktas in the Turkish Cup final. In 2007-08, they were playing in the UEFA Cup, albeit they lost 9-0 to Atletico Madrid. But that's like top-tier European football. Um, So what happened there, again, I've absolutely no idea. But again, all it comes back to, is it relevant that he's not coming to games? Do you think it is? I don't think it is. I mean, I think it's nice, like you saw with the Leicester chairman, his ambition was to win the Premier League. And he absolutely did it. He pumped in millions and millions of pounds. Our owner said he'd like to win. He'd like to get to the championship. Um, I, we haven't seen any sort of... Um, do uh, you think he... I mean, not discrediting his, his knowledge and of football or whatever, but do you think he
0: understands what it takes to get to the championship?
1: Uh, it's a really difficult question. I, I Maybe he underestimated, not too sure. Maybe he underestimated how much money it would cost. Um, I mean again we we do get these annual goodwill messages from our from our head don't <laughs> With we the uh, stock image yeah yeah stock image uh, copy and paste change to the eighteen to the nineteen there you go <laughs> um, that, that's be that's be being skeptical but um th- 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 again it's a discussion it's a much longer discussion we haven't got too long left, so we'll we'll keep it at that for now but um it, it, it is an odd one and Yes, you'd like to see him at more games. You'd like to see him put more money in. But again, it's it's his money in his pocket. He doesn't have to put a penny in if he doesn't want to. Yeah, that, that, that that's what it comes down to. And I think we need to be grateful for what he has done so far, keeping the flood afloat with the club afloat with his own money. If we can push on, fantastic. But it's not going to come down to money. It's going to come down to Gabriel troffy getting behind his squad of 20 and saying, "Come on, boys, let's do this." That's what it's going to take. Well, Ewan, it's nearly the end of podcast number eight, your lucky number. Anything else to add before we go? It is just the usual bits in added time. So we spoke to Danny Bowen. Thank you for your questions. Hope you enjoyed. Uh, if yours got asked, I do need to make a little apology. Now we put questions out to the, we always put it on social to Facebook, to the forum. And there were a few really good questions that came in after we were on our way to the interview or after we'd sort of finalised the questions, especially, I apologise to Red 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 on the forum, he sent in 10 questions. And of course, none of them got asked because it was just a little bit too late after we'd finalised. So I absolutely promise the next player, Red Red Red, you get your questions in, we're going to ask at least one of those. And what it comes down to next, who do you want us to speak to next? Let us know. Um, I think when we did put the question out first time, Danny Bowman won, but there was quite a few for Oli Palmer. Quite a few people said Salim they'd like us to speak to. So I'm sure we could organise that one. But again, let us know. We'll try and speak to anybody that you want us to speak to. Um, like we said uh, beforehand, four games are coming up. Three of those are away. Um, so GH Coaches, of course, are going to all three of those games. Um, now, the first one's Saturday. By the time this comes out, you'll already have booked your tickets and things. But the rearranged game at Mansfield with GH Coaches. Again, just go to ghcoaches.co.uk. That's on the 50th of January. They're running a minibus to that game. Obviously, Mansfield Tuesday night, not many people are going to go to that one. But departs the Stadium at 1.30. Again, the cost is 20 quid, uh, stopping at the Watford Gap. And then Swindon on the 26th of January, it's 11am leave and it's 20 quid again. But sorry, no buffet at the moment for that trip. But again, it's 20 quid, still an absolute bargain. ghcoaches.co.uk. If you want to get to those away games.
0: Yeah, so thanks very much from Ewan and I for listening to podcast number eight. Again, please always leave us your feedback, positive or negative, although try to make it constructive <laughs> if you are going to criticise us uh, as we'd like to you know learn and develop and make this into your podcast. Um, and we'll see you again in the next podcast very
1: shortly. Thanks, guys. See you picture soon. Bye-bye. Uh, Jonathan, Jonathan, just to let you know as well. Sorry, I forgot. Um, I didn't get a reply from Sergio so if he does reply eventually we'll um, we'll just put his predictions out on Twitter but hopefully we'll have him uh, and I'll be more on the ball for episode number 9